This week's podcast brought to you by Pork Fat. On day one of our new lives with our children attending school from home yesterday, Monday, uh, at 8 o'clock in the morning, the 13-year-old and the 9-year-old stood in the kitchen, and the 13-year-old said to the 9-year-old, Can you stop? And the 9-year-old said, Stop what? And her older sister said, Being annoying. And the 9-year-old said, Why don't you stop? And the 13-year-old said, Stop what? And the nine-year-old said, stop asking me to stop being annoying. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Since we recorded our last podcast six days ago, schools, sports, restaurants, bars, travel, everything has stopped. Churches have been shuttered, people have been confined to their homes. We've had this whole new language of social distancing and remote learning that didn't exist as far as I knew a week before. Tom Brady has left the New England Patriots, and our barren grocery stores are picked clean of everything but kale and fresca. And the world and life as we knew it has ceased to be. Rebecca? I mean, <laughs> that's all. That's all that's happened in the last week. It's been. It's not even been a week. It's been six days. It's it's been the most incredible um, thing to watch unfold in front of you. Um, you know, last week when we were on the podcast, we were talking about you know maybe there wouldn't be fans at NCAA tournament games, and then it went from that to the tournament canceled. And you know, I I went to the grocery store on Thursday morning, and there was still plenty of toilet paper and meat and eggs and milk. And then the next day, it was the toilet paper aisle was completely wiped out. There's only a few things left in, uh, you know, where where the meat and dairy are. It's just this whole upside down world that's uh, come at us in the span of six days. It's crazy. And everybody out there is experiencing the same thing, of course. Uh, You've given Denny the title of this, Toilet Paper and Meat, right (laughs) off the bat. Um, We woke this morning to snow. And the week has been so overwhelming and so disorienting that somebody said to you, didn't they, that did they forget to tell us it was going to snow? And and either they forgot to tell us or we forgot to listen because everybody is so preoccupied with everything else. It was a nice day the last few days. We've been out and about, not out and about with other people, but out in the yard, shooting hoops, riding the bike and all that. And then we wake to snow and it was, it was you know, have we just woken up in Narnia? Is this still real life? What's happening? That, that's what one of my girlfriends texted me this morning, said, you know, peop, the, on the news, they're so busy talking about, as they should be, the the results of the coronavirus, that a story that would normally have been, you know, headlining everything, that we were going to get snow overnight and it might affect the morning commute, was never even mentioned. You, you As you said, we've had these beautiful sunny days and you wake up and all of a sudden, what? What, an inch? Is there any, yeah, even an Yeah, everything's inch of covered. Snow on the and ground? the beauty of it is on today, as we record this on Tuesday, day two of our kids learning from home. They have packets of schoolwork, the, the grade and, and middle schoolers, high schoolers going to class via 
iPad from her, you know, from her, like from her house. Virtually actually seeing the teacher, watching the teacher yeah. teach. But at 8 o'clock this morning, our 11-year-old son came downstairs to the kitchen and said to me, snow day? <laughs> I didn't know he did yes. that. <laughs> and I said, that doesn't really work when you're learning from home, I'm afraid. Exactly. But, was, but I appreciated the uh, the effort on his part. One thing that was interesting to me, you know, last week as all this stuff was ramping up around here was... Um, kind of seeing the transformation of the grocery store. And like I said, last Thursday morning, even though there's places, especially out on the West Coast, people were posting how, you know, toilet paper was wiped out. The toilet nope, paper nope, aisle... pun intended. Right, the toilet paper aisle in our grocery store was packed. But the thing that was completely wiped out, there was not a single carton, was not milk, not eggs, but half and half. And I was thinking, of course, one thing people make sure they have is their coffee. And it made me think of the October snowstorm in, was that 2011, 2012, um, when we lost power for a couple eight of weeks. Days. Yeah. Uh, we lost power for eight days. And um, I remember going to our stop and shop for some reason, and there was this really long line of people waiting for the the coffee machine. Right. You know, there was one of those machines where you choose what coffee you want. People desperately need their coffee. People and... grabbing each other by the lapels and punching <laughs> them out for the last stevia. So in, in at least in our area, before uh, before the toilet paper was gone, the half and half for the coffee was gone. And I was, buying, I was getting gas the other day, and there was a lady at the little convenience store attached who was buying a carton of butts because, of course— that is an essential if right. you're a smoker is to have a carton of butts on hand during the during the apocalypse when when the last one standing when all of this is done surrounded by the barren shelves of stop and shop will be the stop and shop robot right. continuing marty. its appointed marty continuing you know what is interesting the la- when i've gone to stop and shop the past couple uh, of days i've been there a few days in the last week marty has not been out I don't know why. I don't know what this, you know, it's been what makes it significant. But Marty has been in his little wherever Marty goes to sleep or charge or whatever. Um, but again, looking at the grocery store shelves. So, you know, one of the things that was gone soon after the toilet paper, because we just happened to run out of it, was dishwasher detergent completely wiped out. And um, all of the soft soap, the liquid soap that you put in the little dispensers, that was to, all gone. To say nothing of what our nine year old kept referring to the other day as sand sanitizer. <laughs> right. Well, the sand sanitizer has been gone for a long time. Well, the liquid soap is gone now too, but there's plenty of bars of soap. So that kind of, I, I didn't quite understand I, that. I, because I, I kind of understand because after washing my hands several times a day with bar soap, my hands are rough, raw, chapped, Dry, but that's more hands of a of a eighteen seventies ranch hand. But that's more because of all of the water than it is because of the soap. Because I mean, my hands have just been that way because we've been washing it so much. Um, so it was interesting for me to to see that that you know for some reason plenty of bar soap, not any liquid soap. I, may I say, if I wanted to wash my hands every day, I wouldn't have gone into sports right. <laughs> and the other thing that was interesting to me when I was at the grocery store yesterday, like all of the meat is at least in, in our grocery store, all the meat, the meat was gone. The exception, plenty of kielbasa. <laughs> really? And there was still like ham. And I would think that people would, ham is actually a great thing to get because usually, you know, the expiration date to, you know, is you have it for a few weeks because it's probably because it's so salty. I don't know exactly or how it's packaged, but yeah, the pork, the ham and the kielbasa. <laughs> 
still plenty in stock. And but, I know what else is in stock because meats or chicken or anything else. I know what else is in stock because you asked me before you went to the grocery store yesterday. Do we? Do you need beer? Can I pick up some beer? And I said, I said, you know what? We don't have any beer, but that's something that I enjoy buying. I can go to the package store and pick up some beer on my own. It'll give me an excuse to get out of the house. He said, No, no, no. Much, much as when my dad bought my no, mom a much as this is not my, how please, it let me finish, please. Okay, much as my then when I'm going to tell my yeah, version. Then you tell. Your version. Okay. Let me tell first what happened. Okay. Um, much as when my dad would go out, went out and bought my mom a treadmill so that she didn't have to leave the house to go to the gym to uh, right. walk on the treadmill, which was, of course, the whole point of, of walking right. on the treadmill. And she never used the treadmill in the basement and just hung clothes on it. Uh, you you ignored my request to, uh, no, I'll go out and get my own beer. And you And you brought back what they had left on the shelf, which was, not surprisingly, Corona light. First of all, this is how it went. I was making a grocery list and I said, would you like me to get you any beer? And you said, I, you know, I'll go to the, the package store at some point myself. I said, okay. And then you said, well, just in case, like get a, get a six pack of an IPA or, or Corona. So I got to the grocery store and all the Corona was gone. <laughs> But the but Corona I th- light. I, th- I thought nobody was drinking Corona because <laughs> of the whole. The, the Corona Corolla. light was there. No, their stock, their stock went down. But I think people are probably still drinking it. But um, but anyway, oh let's 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 keep along the lines of the grocery store because the first time I went last Thursday or whenever, I was in amongst my groceries were some um, of the things that doctors have recommended you have at home, some aspirin or ibuprofen, acetaminophen, that sort of thing. Now, when you say in amongst your groceries, how do you decide between among and amongst? (laughs) I don't know. And so anyway, in my cart, I had some Tylenol, some Advil for us. And then I also had kids Tylenol, kids Advil, and also kids like cough syrup or uh, yeah, cold medicine. So I get to the checkout and the young guy who was checking out my groceries, he said, um, I need to see your ID. I need to see your license for the children's medications. The adult Advil was fine. The adult Tylenol was fine. I need to see for the for the children's Advil, children's Tylenol, and the cough medicine. I need to see an ID. And I said, I don't. I didn't bring an ID in with me. I left my ID in the car. And he said, I can't sell these to you unless I see an ID. And do, I looked, do, do you do you require a card that proves you're younger than? 21 or? <laughs> right, right, right. So I said to him, I said, look at my face. I said, look at the weathered nature of my face. Like, look at the weathered this, nature of my face. Isn't this enough to show you that I'm over 21? Like I would have had to spend every waking moment of my life in the sun to look like a person my age if I was actually 21 years old. Like it was just absurd. So anyway, he said, I'm sorry, I can't sell it to you. I said, all right, just set it aside. So set that aside, I got the rest of my groceries, and then I ended up going to uh, CVS to um, to get the, the children's medicine. So that was last week. So then yesterday, when I'm at the grocery store and getting your Corona Light, I had once again not brought my ID, my license, into the grocery store. And the guy scanning my groceries said, um, do you have a license? I need to see your license. I said, ah, I, I left it in the car. He said... Give me your date of birth. Okay. I gave him my date of birth. He plugged it in. No problem. So I was able, without my ID, to buy beer, but I was not able to buy 
children's Tylenol. The, the other so guy, go figure that one out. The other guy recognized the weathered nature of your face. <laughs> he recognized the weathered nature of my so face. So in the, in the span of two days, you have tried to persuade somebody that the weathered nature of your face is self-evident. And you have been described by me in the Los Angeles Times as an aging Hall of Famer. Right. Well, I don't... You can describe me as aging because we're all aging. I mean, that's... That's why. That's, that's what I thought. That's just the truth of the matter. And um, and I actually... I don't think my face is... the. I don't think it is a weathered nature of my face. I think I look my age. I think it would be the weathered nature if I was under 21. Like, if I looked like I do now and I was under 21, that would be an unfortunate circumstance for a younger person. But I think I'm... You know, I think it's fine for the age that I am. I think it's, I think, I, I like the weathered nature of your face. And the reason that I described you as an aging Hall of Famer in the Los Angeles Times is because um, my son and I, our son. I, I think he's your ours. Son's, yeah, our son. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's say our Jesus son. Sorry, he's mine. Let's say our son. Um, he and I were playing basketball in the driveway uh, on Friday after everything got shut down. And a couple walking their dog, stopped by, and their dog started nosing around our dog. And from the top of the driveway, the husband said, mind if we watch, there aren't any games on TV. And so we had this exchange, and, and they eventually stopped for about 45 seconds and then, and then moved on. But it was interesting that that there was no longer anything on TV, no no longer any live sports on TV, and suddenly... 53-year-old man playing 11-year-old son in the driveway, you know what? I'd probably watch that too. <laughs> that's that's not terrible. Well, then the next day, because this past weekend we had one beautiful day. Sunday was beautiful. It was warm and sunny and pleasant. And um, we went to a local park. Our, our oldest daughter was playing tennis, and you and I were playing basketball with our younger ones. And um, there were two full courts, and uh, three of the hoops were taken, so we were on the fourth hoop not even anywhere near six feet um, within range of, of somebody that wasn't within our and, family. And I was playing coronavirus defense, staying six feet off. <laughs> right. Anyway. Which you always play. But anyway, so there was a group of, I don't know, would you say 10 or 12? Um, Youths. High school age, maybe 15 or 16-year-old yeah. kids. Mostly boys. There was one girl that, that were playing at one of the hoops, and, and they had brought a big speaker, and they were playing music. And uh, when I came down, because you and our son were playing down there, I had been up in the tennis courts and came down to play. And the the music that they were blaring was just completely inappropriate for the ears of a nine-year-old was, was or an 11-year-old. It, completely inappropriate for my ears. But F, I mean, they, they, were, they, were, they were just teenagers. Right, of course. Teenagers. They were teenagers listening to their music. But F-bombs, N-words, just things that were inappropriate for, for many so um, I went over to them, and this is like such a, I've turned into my mother moment. And I said to them, I said, excuse me, I said, I'm sorry to be that mom. I said, but I've got younger kids on the other court. Would you mind playing music that's a little bit more appropriate? And this one kid looked at me um, like with disdain, didn't say anything. And then another young uh, young man looked oh, at me. But, but he said plenty after you left. Oh, I'm sure. And then another kid looked at me and he said, yeah, of course, no problem, which was the only appropriate response. But I give him credit because he's the only one who said it to me. I believe what you said was, I have younger children over there and an older husband with of a delicate sensibility. <laughs> right. 
Look at look at the weathered nature of his face. And I didn't ask them to turn their music off. I just said, "Can you play um, some music that's a little more appropriate?" And anyway, they they ended up completely turning their music off. And uh, and and th- what they also did was be- before I'd asked them to turn the music off, there were some. You said they were there were plenty of f bombs that were also coming out of their mouths. Well, there was a lot of get that stuff out of here It'll, the usual pick up basketball right. back and forth but you right. know not ideal when you have kids in the next court right exactly and uh so anyway they stopped doing that too and um and we we played for a while and when we were done playing and we, we had to walk past them again i just said to them i said thank you i appreciate you you know changing the music and so that same kid who looked like he wanted to rip my face off looked at me the same way and then the same young kid who you know, was appropriate, said, yeah, of course, no problem. And, um, you know, if if we've been walking down the street and somebody was blaring music in their own driveway, of course, you don't say anything. But in a public park with, you know, lots of people around. And right. um, it's, it's the... anyway, I was like, this is and, and so I told our oldest daughter uh, a little bit later, I said, oh, see those kids over there. I had to go say something to them. And, and our, our 15 year old, she said, oh, no, what did you say? And then she looked over. She's like, uh, "I don't know any of them. They're probably middle school. I don't care." <laughs> well, there were there were but, a group there were a group of uh, of in their twenties, early thirties, playing on the other court. At the end of our court, yeah. yeah, yeah. And and when we left, one of the, they stopped, and one of the guys with the ball under his arm just nodded at your departing, uh, weathered visage and said, "Respect." <laughs> See, I can call my visage weathered, yes. but I don't know if I want you calling my visage <laughs> well, weathered. Well, t- while we were while we were having this conversation, you may have heard a ping of my phone getting a text, and the text came from producer Denny Gallagher, and he asked, "Were we podcasting this week? What was the deal in these new quarantined times?" And I said, "We're in fact ten minutes into podcasting. I mean, what else do we right have now? To well, do? just a second. He yes. said we're." I'm t- we're 10 minutes into it now. He said, awesome, thanks. I've got a curiosity shop if you need it. This is a text. What was the last item left on your grocery store shelves after everything else was wiped out? And I said, we just talked about it. Kilbasa yes. and ham. I said, I said, you, question mark? He doesn't know kilbasa and ham. He says, ha ha, pork fat. <laughs> I don't know, the poor pigs. Pork fat. And speaking of pork products, pork mm-hmm. fat, you know you're in a two-sport occupation house. You're in a, in a house that, that is too wrapped up in sports, and part of sports ceasing to be the last week has, has thrown that into sharp relief, but, but not enough because last night, one of those pork products that you brought home from the grocery store, you made for dinner, pork loin, Right. That was a couple nights ago. Couple, yes. Two nights ago. Yeah. Okay. Two nights ago. Pork loin. I'm losing. I'm losing my sense of time. Um, and our youngest uh, was asked by her sister, "What are we having for dinner?" And our youngest <laughs> said, Ugh, "We're having pork groin. Pork <laughs> yes, groin." Did. Yes, she did. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and this strictly comes. For, the only time you hear groin in polite company is. When somebody has pulled his or her groin, right. and she's so used to hearing these injury reports and sports reports that uh, she had mistaken pork loin for 
pork groin. And she does this another time when she does this is it's in the last week or so she's she's she uh, I don't know if she threw a softball or something and she expressed concern that she doesn't want to pull an arm string. Uh, pull an arm string. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I hadn't heard that. I don't know exactly how to segue into this and I can't believe it was only five days ago. But last Thursday, um, we we're scheduled to go up and interview Coach Oriyama and Coach and some of the UConn players. We do this every year before the tournament starts, where I go up there and, and sit down with coach and players and and for a couple hours. And um, it's footage and sound that we use throughout the course of the NCAA tournament. We might use it during the selection show. Anyway, it was scheduled and they didn't cancel, and um, so we went up there. But the whole uh, morning, Thursday morning, because it was Wednesday night where Rudy Gobert um, tested positive for COVID-19. The NBA said they were suspending their season. So that's, I think, when it became so real for everyone in the sports world. Okay, what's going to happen to the NCAA tournament? So anyway, my producer, um, Kelly, and I had worked on a bunch of questions that we were going to ask Coach Oriyama and the players. And then Wednesday night, I said to her, well, all these questions go out the window. I'm clearly just going to be asking now about the NCAA tournament. And so we started thinking about those. But anyway, we got to campus. UConn had already had just finished their practice. The players had gone to class like it was a normal day. And then I'm sitting down with Coach Oriyama at 2.30. And um, the NCAA tournament had not yet been canceled. But I've got this interview to do. And so we asked a bunch of questions as if the tournament had been canceled. And it was just a surreal interview because you're talking about a topic that you're not certain is going to happen, but you have to be prepared in case it does. And he was great and gave us great answers. And we talked about a lot of things. Um, But it was one of the weirdest interviews I've ever done. First of all, when we came in, you know, we said, all right, we got to stay six feet away. We were going through all the precautions. At one point, Coach Oriama pulls out a yardstick. <laughs> no, yeah, to make sure. He just said, lay on the ground, Rebecca, so I can make sure you're more than six feet away. And uh, anyway, he, he, he got a three-on-three international basketball. And um, he said, you know, the international basketball is the same size as a women's ball, but it's the weight of a men's ball. And he was just talking about how it's so much better than just a women's ball because it, it gives you more play on the rim and still goes in instead of bouncing out. Anyway, he said he gives me the women's ball or tosses it to me. And then he said, now check out this one. And so it gives me the three on three ball. And after we did this, I, I said, well, I'm certainly not going to be the person who gives Coach Oriyama <laughs> coronavirus so their sports information person comes over sprays his his hands because he just touched a ball that i've touched because i gave it back to him sprays his hands with you know uh disinfectant and then somebody in our crew had brought disinfectant so i'm disinfecting my hands i'm like just because like i've touched the same basketball that coach orama has touched what a weird weird world we're in right now and um and then we you know, finish up our interview about that's what we were talking about last. Was didn't we talk about basketball born basketball illness? born illnesses? Yes. Yeah, yeah, and it, it very nearly happened. Yeah, so it's uh, well, it didn't very nearly happen. It didn't happen, but it, and, you can see how it could happen. Yeah, and and I said to him, I said, I'm certainly not going to be you know the one who gives you coronavirus. I said you're like you are the state of Connecticut's Tom Hanks. You know, Tom Hanks is beloved by everyone in America. Coach Orama is beloved by people in the uh, in the state of Connecticut. Um, but anyway, anyway, it was, uh, 
and and I saw a couple of the players and just, you know, how's it going? And this was, you know, 30 minutes, 40 minutes before they find out that their their season's finished, you know, 30, 40 minutes before Kristen Langerfield finds out her college career is over. Um, I understand, you know, how insignificant that is in in the bigger picture of what we're talking about. But for these people, for, you know, these young athletes, it's hugely significant. And, um, you know, it just... Just what a bizarre 24 hours that was from, uh, you know, Wednesday to Thursday, trying to come up with questions that you would ask in a normal universe and then switching to asking questions about a tournament being canceled. It was it was odd for me anyway. Well, everything is happening too fast to process. Try to take some notes to remember this this bizarre time that we're living in. And, um, you know, I'm sitting here in basement and just over your shoulder, our uh, secondary and tertiary pantries have expanded. We're not hoarding anything by any by any means, but um, we're also not leaving the house for the next for the foreseeable future. And uh, you know, yeah, you got to be prepared. And I have been the the only place I've left the house to go. We went to the park, but you know, we weren't really near any people. Um, is the grocery store and um, you know, staying within or away, six feet away from whoever you come into contact with there. But at the same time, after putting groceries in my car, you know, taking hand sanitizer and wiping my hands down. And, you know, as soon as you get back in the house, washing your hands and kind of the but new also, world. Also setting up desks for each of the kids. We don't have four desks for four kids. Right. We have a couple of desks that they kind of rotate around. They do homework at the kitchen counter, at the dining room table. But now they each need a sort of a dedicated "quote unquote" school day uh, workspace. So we have patio furniture that we, you know, rigged to turn into a desk and that sort of thing. And I had to go into school yesterday morning, Monday morning at 9 a.m. The school office is open to pick up packets of work for the kids. And when I went in there, one of the people in the office, there were only a couple of people in there. They said, "How is it going?" And I said, "Well, so far so good, but it is 9:04 a.m." on the first day right. of learning from home. So really, we're only four minutes into it. Yeah. And now a day later, it's uh, it's becoming normal. And, and you know, we meant, you mentioned our high schooler. She's in her room Skyping or whatever, whatever app they're using with her teachers. She's actually in class. They're taking attendance. The kids can communicate. The teachers can ask them questions. So she is still distance learning with a teacher. Whereas our, our other three have assignments to do at home, um, that get updated in their Google Classroom. And our sixth grader and our eighth grader can do a pretty good job of managing that themselves. But our fourth grader, you know, it's, it's a different story. So I, you know, this morning I was helping teach her math, how to add fractions, you know, like, uh, and, and you were helping her with her reading assignment. And that's going to be part of what we're going to do um, every day fr- from now on. The, the one thing that's been nice about this forced sort of quarantine is that you know last night we had our fourth dinner as a family in a row and um at a reasonable hour it's been a really long time since four nights in a row we were all able to eat together without it being rushed without rushing off to um a practice or something at school and even today as the kids are we're making lunch for them and um they're just being silly in the kitchen and and through all of this craziness and madness and sadness for some, 
there's going to be parts of this that I'm going to look very fondly on, including the meals together and including some of the times we're having with our kids right now that we we normally won't. And of course, this is only day two. Day two. And, 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 <laughs> and next week, it'll probably be a completely different uh, tune oh, that I'm singing. But, but, al- um, but already on day one, people adapt to their circumstances. And so our daughter, who's doing remote schooling in high school via FaceTime on iPads, uh, you know, reports yesterday that while most of the students are on mute, not all of them are, and they're not showing themselves on camera, uh, only the teacher, for the most part, is visible. Somebody, some uh, budding Einstein in one of her classes, um, went on YouTube or some other sound effect site and and during a moment of silence in the instruction let out a large long voluble burst of flatulence (laughs) um intentional flatulence to which the teacher without missing a beat and i'll change the name said classic larry right not even knowing who did it but having a pretty good guess as to who it might have been and uh, so kids will find a way even even or maybe especially when right. invisible and learning from remote of, of being a and, class clown. And the best part of that is our, our oldest is telling us that story. And everyone around the table was hearing it. And uh, so now anytime anyone in our house may have gas, including the dog, they all just say, oh, Larry. Classic Larry. <laughs> Classic <exactly>. Larry. <laughs> Poor Larry. Granted, that's not his actual name, but poor Larry has no idea. (laughs) Exactly. Well, shall we uh, get to viewer mail? Big bad book, throw our lure, reel us in with your viewer mail. We do have some viewer mail, and one that I'd like to address right off the bat that came in to Twitter. Was it at Ball and Chain Pod? At Ball and Chain Pod, yes. At Ball and Chain Pod from a Siobhan who has been to Ireland, and shame on me, shame, shame on me. This is St. Patrick's Day as we record this. I told a viewer mailer last week who was going to Ireland um, to rent a bus in that, um, in the in the course of this, my driving tips were over there. Right, easy you for, said easy for me to give tips because I drive, I, I rode a bus. Right. I said that they drive on the on the right side of the street, and of course they don't drive on the right side of the street. They drive on the opposite side of the street to us. Because well, I had asked you about that well, because then yeah, the stick well, shift would have been well, on the opposite Siobhan, side. They, and, and it is on the opposite side. And, and anyway, she doesn't want me to get our viewer killed uh, if he gets over there and drives on the wrong side of the street per my instructions. Also, the stick is on the on the on the left side as you're right. driving a right-hand drive car, which I attempted to do once in Scotland, driving a, a stick shit. I mean, it was it was. I would think that would well. be the most difficult part of it in terms of driving the stick is to do it with your left hand right. when you're used to um but anyway, I, I, I don't want to. Right. I don't want. I, I assume he'd figure out when he got over there which side of the street to drive on. But um, but, mm, but with still. a 50-50 shot, I gave him. I gave him the wrong shot. We had a couple people send us um, tweets uh, at replies on Twitter and showing a picture of a toilet paper dispenser with a CVS receipt around it. And so true because I mentioned I had to go to CVS to get the kids medicine because, oh, by the way, and when I went to CVS to get the kids Tylenol and the kids cough syrup and everything else, they didn't need 
an ID, so right. I don't know why Stop and Shop did. But anyway, but I had that giant idea. Giant receipt, and yeah. yes, that's I, a perfect idea. I had that idea, idea before these before these memes. I, I I I said to somebody. Um, CVS may be out of toilet paper, but just buy a pack of gum and get an 11-foot receipt. Yeah. Same thing. That will so. do it. So we had uh, Michelle on Twitter who said, Steve, you are also a vocal ganger. Who my voice, Denny thinks my voice sounds like John Tesh. Right. She said, of James Taylor, if you listen to his interviews, but agree with Denny, also John Tesh. Isn't that interesting? I can hear that. Um, you can hear that? I, you can hear yourself sounding like... James, James Taylor. Taylor in interviews, but not right. James Taylor. Uh, James Taylor then has his beautiful singing voice, right. and I and I have an I even worse why, singing voice than my speaking voice. I wonder why. What is different about your singing voice and your speaking voice? Because if you sound like James like, Taylor like speaking, wouldn't that be lovely if you sounded like him singing? Uh, it would be, but but, but alas, it isn't. Well, Bob <laughs> in uh, North Carolina writes. Um, Dear Rebecca and Steve, and last, this is the ball and chain pot at gmail.com. In last week's discussion of Mary Hart, Steve questioned. Oh, I'm sorry. This is, this is, Mary Hart is not my vocal guy. This is, we had, we discussed Mary Hart and John Tesh in two different contexts, didn't we, on the podcast? Mary Hart, her no. legs were insured. Yes. And John it, Tesh is my vocal ganger, and yet they were partners on Entertainment Tonight, right? Is that how it came up? That, okay. Yes, that's that's how I brought her up. Oh, okay. Well, well. Um, so there's no, no surprise that you weren't listening. <laughs> I've got another one. We've got quite a few tweets sent to us at Ball and Chain Pod, and this is from Bill. Bill said, just listening to February 18 pod number 112, as a 6'5 guy who played against Steve in Normandale Summer League, Ah. I loved hearing both of you hating people reclining on airplanes. My favorite was Rebecca's walking to window seat without ducking line. Anyway, the more important part of that is someone played against you in in the Normandale Normandale Summer Summer League. Gosh, I forgot. About was, the that, was that, that was Normandale Community College, college or? near where I grew up in Bloomington, Minnesota? Yes. Well, how old were you when you played in the summer league? Were oh, you in high school or college? I would have been in high school, I guess. Sweet. I mean, um, uh, wow, Normandale Summer League, awesome. Uh, Jerry with a G and two R's writes vocal ganger. I was just listening to this week's podcast. Was excited to see to hear who Denny thought Steve sounded like. I thought finally others hear what I hear, but not John Tesh. I can't listen to Steve without hearing. Ray Romano's voice. Ray Romano. He has such a New York accent, so I don't. I, I would have a hard time getting past the accent to the voice. In fact, Jerry writes, I've never met Steve, but I picture you looking like Ray. Anyone else hear that? Interestingly, Ray Romano played a sports writer on Everybody Loves Raymond, a Newsday sports writer. And you guys look nothing alike. Who, who wrote that? That was Jerry with a G and two R's. Jerry with a G and two R's. Yeah. Just give a give a Google image search for Steve, and you'll see that he does not quite uh, resemble Ray Romano. Uh, Ralph encloses a, a completed crossword, not the crossword that had, we had made for us, which we have to discuss uh, on the podcast at some point here, Rebecca. Oh, shoot, but... I have to post that. I still haven't posted that. Okay, well, um, uh, Ralph writes, uh, I'm sure Denny's voice comparison helped me think of John Tesh as I did this morning's crossword. I, he must be in the crossword. I've attached a scan. John Tesh, to me, was the local New York City news anchor who went on to other, but not necessarily greater things. Isn't it interesting when you have like your local news anchor goes on to national prominence and yet he's always your local news anchor. Do yeah, you know what I'm true. talking about? I do. Wasn't, uh, wasn't Oprah's friend Gail King now, of course, CBS news anchor? Wasn't she yeah, an she anchor was in Hartford, she was an Hartford anchor before for, I got here? Um, for Channel 3 in Hartford. I grew up with, uh, with Gail King giving us our news. Mark writes, uh, stay safe, and he encloses what appears to be a press release from White Castle with a familiar White Castle logo, turreted logo, and it says, it is with great regret that White Castle must announce the nationwide closing of all restaurants effective immediately. 
This is not due to the COVID-19 pandemic, but rather due to the toilet paper shortage. So clearly this is a a parody of a press release, not really from White Castle. All right. Lori writes, Rebecca and Steve, how has the coronavirus affected your family and work schedule? I think we've covered it. It's, it's completely dominated ours as most people's, I think. Though well, we, we are fortunate that we can do our work from home, although you're going to the studio tonight. Well, one thing, though, that's slightly different is, you know, you had a few deadlines that you were on before the coronavirus uh, outbreak. You're still on those deadlines. You're still expected to write sure, because, things from home. Yeah. I was about to be in studio on Sunday for the Big 12 Women's Championship, do the selection show on Monday, and then it was going to be basketball, basketball, basketball studio, going out to whichever region I was going to go to, then the Final Four. And all of a sudden, for me, er, that came to a complete halt. And um, tonight I'm going into studio for uh, for something they're doing in terms of brackets, but I don't anticipate being in Bristol in ESPN for I don't know how long. I don't know if the WNBA draft is going to happen on time well, or if well, it'll happen asks, at all. Well, Lori asks, I've heard plenty of talk that the NBA may push their games back into the summer, but have heard nothing about how this would affect the WNBA. There are several teams that share arenas. This is all from uh, Tough Schist, yeah. by the way, and she says that P.S. Stone is doing well. Go yeah, ahead. I mean, that's, you know, so I don't know if, I don't know. We haven't heard anything. Like, will, will there be a WNBA season? I don't season? think anybody knows. Uh, you know, will there be an Olympics because the WNBA was going to be taking an Olympic break? Yeah, I nobody knows. So. so just in terms of her question, I think, was asking how the work, my work was impacted and how yours has been impacted. Been impacted in a, in a huge, huge way. So um, Tough Schist also says, wasn't it one of your daughters that had toilet paper in emergence in her emergency go pack ready to sell by the sheet? I think she was onto something. In fact, that was... Our friend Sam Farmer's brilliant visionary daughter, who was doing that during the uh, California wildfires, I believe it was, yes. ahead of her time. Uh, hello, Rebecca and Steve, writes uh, Alfred and Elizabeth. I'm not sure which one composed this email. Perhaps it was um, co-authored. We love the podcast. Um, the basketball insights are awesome. Both of us went to Marquette, and a Marquette connection turned us on to the podcast. Since the cancellation of the conference tournaments and the national tournament, we were wondering how to scratch our basketball itch. The basketball itch is a side effect from the social distancing treatment of coronavirus. So it would be great if the NCAA and the broadcast networks played historic games during some of the time slots that were originally reserved for live coverage of tournament games. They could devote one night to each of the important programs. They could have a Connecticut night, a Michigan night, and, of course, a Marquette night. For that Marquette night, I would love to rewatch highlights of the 77 men's semifinal victory over UNC Charlotte and championship victory over the Tar Heels. It would have to include the victory over Kentucky to reach the Final Four in 2003. Keep the podcast going. We love it sincerely. Alfred and Elizabeth, thank you, Alfred and Elizabeth. Rebecca, we've talked about some uh, programming ideas, or maybe it was just uh, my my friends and I, and a friend texted me today saying that he had read somebody wondering why they didn't record extra sports, extra games, uh, uh, pit people against each other to, to have in a break glass in case of emergency vault, right. which which I, I'm not sure how that would have happened. Would you have told the uh, the Red Sox and the Yankees after a three-game series, play one more. Uh, <laughs> we're not going to broadcast this one, but we're going to keep it in reserve for later because the whole point of sports is you don't know who won. That's right. the beauty of live programming. But people do seem to want to see these um, these. Uh, reruns and a friend of mine texted me last night a Steelers fanatic saying he just found and was watching on YouTube the 1974 AFC championship game in its entirety. We uh, ESPN has been rebroadcasting some of the 
they had one night where they played uh, a bunch of men's and women's college basketball games from this past season. Holly Rowe had a funny tweet. I think there were eight games, and she said, you know, she was a sideline reporter for four or six of them, and she said, now I'm just worried that I'm going to be wearing the same outfit for more than one. Um, and uh, and then I think they're, you know, the other night they were playing some of the best games from 2017. Um, but one of the best things about it, like they had the UConn Baylor women's basketball game on. So they, they play the first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, and then you go to Kevin Connors in studio and who says, uh, for some some content may have been edited for time. And then you go back and it's midway through the fourth quarter. And the reason it was like the first couple minutes of the fourth quarter of that game were a slog. And I think even when they first start, you know, the point where they're showing it, I think you have, because I was an analyst on that game, I had said, you know, much of this quarter has been a slog. So ESPN just takes out all the, the first few minutes where nothing happened right. <laughs> and can uh, and edit it in a way that wasn't done for time. It was done for, you know, content. Those few minutes were boring. Let's just slice those right out. It's like NFL games I've seen broadcast in the UK where they take out all the huddles and all the downtime and, and they're broadcast within an, like an hour window. And even then they're sort of too long and you realize how much time is wasted. Um, Tina in New Jersey sends one of those hand-washing memes. We've talked about uh, what song do you sing when you wash your hands. Right. We said, come on, Eileen, to COVID-19, and other people, my Sharona, to my Corona, all that. Well, she has, uh, she suggests in this diagram, um, I want to hold your hand. So uh, I would be singing, I want to wash uh, my hands. So that's another thing to get stuck in your head. And we have one here from... Dr. Siegel, today's talker, and somebody else had sent me this article from the Washington Post. I think this is one from the Washington Post. Maybe this is from elsewhere, but how this is not only March Madness and the Masters, but that whole window from March Madness to the Masters is also vasectomy season. It's when men uh, hole up uh, on the couch. Because uh, there's lots to watch. Lots to watch while they recover. While they recover for, from for their a, little minor surgery. From their minor that surgery, recruit, exactly. That, so uh, needs I, frozen peas. We feel bad for you. Yes. So so um, so there is that. In addition to the loss of brackets and and so uh, the, the a lot fewer men will be having vasectomies. Uh, evidently, okay. I, I can't say for certain, but. Uh, oh, by the way, Tina in New Jersey said she would love some swag. I've I've been so remiss, I mean, so delinquent. What couple else of months. do we have to do? Well, nothing, but, nothing but now. Teach so adding so, of fractions and so send out we will swag. get we will get swag in envelopes, get it stamped up, so we don't have to go into the post office and drop it in a mailbox uh, during this uh, during get these trying times. Stamped up. Stamped up. Right. Stamp it up, or as our son says, whenever he has to uh, Google something, I'll search it up, which I like. Anyway, we've said too much, and simultaneously said almost nothing. Well, we'll see um, what kind of content we have a week from now after we've had another week of being sequestered. Content or discontent. I wonder but, if, uh, um, if I'll have moved on to subtracting fractions by next week. It's I'm not going to look ahead. I'm, uh, I'm, wait, I'm anticipating the, the freshness of what I'm going to learn every day in fourth grade math. Well, on, uh, on, that note. on that note, and on behalf of my weathered colleague here. And on behalf of uh, young Denny. Gallagher, our wonderful producer. Let's let uh, Tom, Tom, Dick, Dick and, and Harry, Harry play us out, play please. Us out, please. Sing says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. 
road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pad live in cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts your sanity to a daily test. Androgynous and vigorous, well, we give for a little rest. It's day by day just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane.